his first words, which came from the abundance or the overflow of his heart, really reflected everyone's need, forgiveness. Those that were there presently and had crucified him, were in the midst of crucifying him, yes, I mean, they were part of that company, but you know, we all were guilty Without exception, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us need God's grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. And when Jesus spoke those words, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do, we have to understand that they were completely oblivious and blind to what was going on. Those that falsely accused him, flogged him, those that cursed him, blasphemed him, mocked him, spit on him, belittled him, gambled for his clothing, clothing, denied and deserted him. They did not know that they were fulfilling a prophetic script that was written from the beginning of time. They had no understanding of that. And yet, in God's sovereign and divine plan, each and every one was fulfilling their role exactly the way Scripture said they would fulfill their role. And yet, they didn't know what they were doing. It wasn't something that was done With an awareness, it was done completely unconsciously. Number two, assuredly, today you will be with me in paradise. These words were spoken to one of the thieves that hung on the cross with him. And this communicates to you and to I that it's never too late to reach out to God. This man was hanging on the cross. He had been condemned and he was sentenced and now he was Uh, hanging on the cross next to Christ. There were two thieves, one on the right and one on the left, and one began to mock and uh, scoff him. And and the second thief upon uh, Jesus' side began to tell the one who was belittling the Lord uh, to be quiet. And he asked him, have you no fear of God? Here we are, we're condemned men, and, and what's going on with us is right and fair and just. But this man that hangs between us, is one that is completely innocent. And upon his understanding, the acknowledgement of, Lord, remember me when you come into your glory. Remember me when you come into paradise. Jesus' second words upon the cross were, today you will be with me in paradise. It's never too late to call upon the name of the Lord. The third words that Jesus spoke upon the cross were to his mother. And he said, Woman, behold your son. And then in this same setting, he talked to John, the beloved apostle, and he said, behold your mother. The first showed tremendous honor. Jesus hanging on the cross remembered to honor his mother. And honor is always in season. It is the first commandment with a promise that things would go well with us. Jesus in that moment of suffering and that pain and the agony, agony and the embarrassment and the ridicule of hanging on the cross, looked down at his mother and made provisions for her. And he told John, this is now your mother. And tradition and history tells us, Josephus' writings tell us that from that day forward, the beloved apostle John took care of Mary, just like she was his own mother. And Jesus, when he was hanging on the cross, He was thinking of others. And that is such an important thing. In the moment of our suffering, in the moment of our pain, there are still needs that we can make sure are met. We can make sure that those 
areas are covered and that people are taken care of. Number four, the fourth utterance that the Lord gave upon the cross was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I'm not quite sure, uh, you know, what was running or, or, you know, going through the Lord's mind at this time. Of course, he had, he had lost most of his bodily fluid, um, and he was really exasperated. And uh, scientists, medical scientists, tell us that probably about this portion of his crucifixion, he began to hallucinate. And uh, But in that moment, he was still aware that he was fulfilling something for all of mankind. And he began to cry out to the Lord, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew the answer to that, but there was such agony and such pain in his own soul. And this reminds us that in our most painful moments in life, the one that we need to cry out to is God. When we don't understand what's going on, when we don't have it figured out, when we can't put a thumb on it or we can't give an answer to it, one thing we can do is we can cry out to God for understanding and God will enlighten us. The fifth phrase was, I thirst, two words, but it really has a lot of depth. As I just stated, you know, his body is now in shock and there's not much life left in his body. And yet he was aware of his own need for some kind of nutrition. And it said that when they heard these words, those Roman soldiers who were there watching this man suffer and watching him die, uh, that they went immediately and they got sour wine and they put it on a hyssop a pole, which is a, a pole that's... Uh, almost like bamboo-like. It's uh, four to six feet in length, and so they could reach the sour wine up to the Lord. And this was the fulfillment of the bitter cup that the Lord would partake of uh, upon the cross. And here he was suffering, and he recognized his need for nutrition. But I think it also reminds us, the Scripture says, that if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that we will be filled in The Lord in that moment was crying out that he thirsts to do the will of the Father. That was the purpose for which he came. Number six, he said, it is finished. It is finished. This means the assignment was complete. In the Greek, it reads this way, paid in full. I really like that, paid in full. All that was written in the law and the prophets concerning the first advent of the Messiah was now being fulfilled, paid in full. So we can trust in the completed work of Jesus Christ for our salvation. Nothing else needed to be done. And therefore, we can trust in the one who is trustworthy. And the seventh phrase and the words that Jesus spoke upon the cross was, Into your hands I commit my spirit. His body was offered as a sacrifice, and now he could entrust his spirit to his heavenly Father. And I want to remind each and every one of us, there will be a day when our spirit cannot occupy this body that is given to us on loan any longer. And we will have that opportune time in our life where we commit our spirit into the hands of a God who loves us. And Jesus, knowing that everything was fulfilled, everything was finished, could now breathe his last breath and commit his spirit into the hands of his father. Nothing else needed to be done. The punctuation was complete. A period was put at the end of it. It was the end 
of the suffering of our Savior. And then he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. The question that has been asked uh, throughout history is why? Why this innocent man? Why was he the one that was chosen? And once again, we have to look into Scripture to find insight to that question because there is insight to that question as why he suffered. He suffered for us because we did not have the capacity, we did not have the wherewithal to pay for the sins that we have committed. Our sins, if they would be counted, you know, are are too numerous. I, I, I think that it's one of the great, great, great works of grace is that God saw the need that we have and even before we knew we have that need, he sent his only begotten son to take care of it. And Jesus came upon the scene and it was it was spoken right away that he would be the lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. He became the one who would be the sin bearer, the innocent for the guilty and the the spotless lamb of God for those that had been stained and tarnished by sin. And Isaiah said, though your sins be like scarlet, they will be white as snow. And that's a miracle. This is a miracle that is that God intervened on our behalf and Jesus took upon himself the sin of all of mankind. That he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the innocent dying for the condemned. This is him becoming condemned for those that deserve to be condemned. And therefore, to God be the glory. There's so much more that could be said as to why. And I just want to encourage you, continue to stay in the Gospels. Continue to follow the story of Christ all the way through the silent Saturday tomorrow and the glorious resurrection on Sunday. And you will see that from beginning to end, from the need that we have of forgiveness to Jesus fulfilling everything that was written, it was for humanity that he came, it was for humanity that he died, and it was for humanity that he will be resurrected on that day. And it is also for the glory of God that he will come and receive us unto ourselves. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.